Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Today, I want to talk about this very sharp contraction we're having, how it walks and talks like a recession, and how the Fed is reacting to all of this and what they've done so far. Quick look at the numbers, and these are February numbers. They still have unemployment at three and a half. A lot of the yields on mortgages and treasuries were there up to date as of this morning, but things are recovering a little bit. Uh, big spike in unemployment claims. I'll get to that in a minute. The rest of these are February numbers, and we're not going to get the beginnings of an update until first part of April. Here's what's happened. The yellow is usual. You've seen this before. That's the price of seven to 10-year treasuries. They're holding up fine. S&P 500, down. We are in correction territory. Uh, I think we're looking for a bottom right now and waiting for one, see what the Senate does for a stimulus package and other things like an announcement that maybe the virus has peaked. Unfortunately, situations like this, and we are looking at an environment that's very recession-like. It doesn't matter whether it meets the criteria of two quarters of negative growth. When hourly workers lose this many hours, and this is per day, it's a lot. That takes huge dollar amounts out of not only their pocket, but wage numbers, productivity, output. It's recession territory. That's kind of what we have. Here's the little beep in unemployment. We're going to see more of this. As a matter of fact, the federal government has told a lot of the state governments, don't bother telling us what your unemployment numbers are. They're going to be wildly speculative and inaccurate for a little while, and they don't want to see these huge spikes. Again, a couple more weeks, we'll start getting average, more accurate unemployment numbers, and they'll be steep. The Federal Reserve has started here. You've seen this before. They've gone from 1% down to zero very quickly. Very commendable how the Fed has reacted to this situation. Since 2001, 2008, there was a fair amount of, well, criticism that they waited too long. There's a lot of armchair quarterbacking, but the Federal Reserve did a great job in my opinion. They've not only taken the cost of money to zero, They've opened several of the credit facilities, if you remember TALF and a bunch of the other ones, that were specific facilities for the Federal Reserve to buy bad assets. The Federal Reserve is buying everything they can get their hands on at this point. I'll talk about refis here in a minute. But everything to help move money through the system they are doing, and they've done it very rapidly, first-rate job. Here are the numbers of money markets, just basic money markets coming up on $4 trillion. People are selling out of their bonds or their stock positions, boof, into money markets. There's a credit facility that just does money markets for large corporations, sponsored by the Fed, came online today. Handling a lot more money than this, just so it goes smoothly. I'll remind everyone that banks have never been in better shape than they are now. Here we are since 2009. The difference between the bad loans, the darkest line here is way down, and the credit reserves, the dotted line up there towards the top, they've switched positions. Banks are very well funded. They have lots of cash. 
access to lots of cash. The Federal Reserve has been on top of them. There's no issue or financial issue that has to be resolved in the banks. It's always important to see how people react to situations like this, what they hoard, what they buy. Normally, when interest rates are lowered to such a degree, the dollar drops, drops in value, drops in its confidence in the world marketplace. The exact opposite has happened this time. Gold has dropped. All commodities have dropped. Oil has dropped through the floor. We'll get to that in a minute. But the dollar stayed very strong. That means contracts that are denominated in the dollar, the dollar itself, and dollar-denominated assets are the ones everyone is buying. It's just the nature of where it's safe and where it's not safe. 20% of the country's $10 trillion in first mortgages is undergoing some kind of refi right now. And if you understand the mechanics of a refi, basically, you refi your loan, you get approved for that loan, they go and redeem the first loan. Now, that means that whoever owns that loan, whether that's an insurance company, pension plan, a bank, a REIT, a mutual fund, anything, they're required to sell it. So for an example, you have a three-year-old mortgage that was at six and a half with a good quality borrower. That person goes in and refis. They go through the paperwork. That asset has to be sold. Someone just gave up a really good six and a quarter percent loan, and they're going to replace it with a three and a half. That's the nature of the beast right now. Two trillion dollars of this stuff is going on right now. It's been going on for a week. The system is clogged. The system is not in crisis. The system is clogged. And one of the reasons that the Fed is in there buying things is to help move this along. Mortgage rates have adjusted up. Mostly, here's how they've been creeping down, but they've adjusted up because the Fed has been buying them, returning to some degree of normalcy. 30 years back to 3.65 from the low, it was significantly lower than that. Add 25 basis points on that, and you're looking at a marketable rate. There's some speculation that we're going to have a recession. Recession is two quarters of negative growth in GDP. Well, we're going to have a bad first quarter. We'll see those initial numbers, accurate numbers, at the end of April, first part of May. The rest is speculation. There has been some publicity about, oh, we'll see 50% drop in GDP and that kind of thing. Well, some arithmetic for you. GDP, which is about $20 trillion a year in the U.S., is averaged annualized numbers about $1.8 trillion a month. That's a combination of wages and output. Okay, you have a bad month like March 2020, and there's... For example, a $900 billion loss in wages and output, and we could have a number like that. Disneyland's closed, airlines are shut down, a lot of hourly workers are not working. The numbers add up in a hurry. So $900 billion is 50% of a $1.8 trillion normal GDP number. That's a loss of 50% of GDP for the month of March, not the whole year. $20 trillion economy is not going to turn into a $10 trillion economy over the flu. There's some arithmetic and a little bit of drama in the media. I'm sorry about that. Isn't it magic that the government is considering a $1.3 trillion stimulus package 
the Senate is looking at as we speak, it's a nice way of saying that the federal government is going to be supporting state unemployment claims or they're simply going to send you $1,000 if you make less than $75,000 a year. Either way, it's the same thing. We're going to have another bailout that's going to be a subject of a lot of discussion in about five months. A couple of historical references here. 2001, after 9-11, we went into a recession for some technical reasons. One of the reasons was we had a big culture shock due to the attack, but we also had some overvaluation and some real estate problems. It took seven years to get that back. 2008, we had the same problem, except really overvalued real estate problems. A lot of homes that needed to be foreclosed on. A lot of lies going on in the system about what was what and what was not what. It took about five years to correct that. Those were economic issues and things that needed to be resolved, bubbles that needed to be cleared up. We don't have that issue today. We don't have economic problems. The banks are great. The Federal Reserve is doing great. Even the federal government is responding. We have some reactions to, well, being quarantined. Okay. Long-term economic impact, things will change. Short-term, we'll have a bad March. We'll see how bad April is. We'll see some bad earnings for the first quarter. Won't last. People will get mostly back to where they were. 80% of those people that were hourly will be back to work probably in 45 days. Oil is down. The Saudis are combating their other OPEC member, Russia, and see who gets more to the market that doesn't want it than they can. And unfortunately, it's too bad the airlines are all grounded. There's so much aviation fuel out there right now, they don't know where to store it. That too won't last long. What is an issue, and I'll kind of close with this, Europe is a much bigger problem. Europe was heading into a legitimate recession before the flu came around, and uh, it's going to hit them hard. They're losing hourly workers, they're losing output, they're losing a lot of things, but they really don't have the resources and the money to recover the way the U.S. does. They never really fixed their banks or resolved all the bad loans. They've sort of hid them, literally, for the last decade. Well, great adage, you never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. Well, the tide's going out again here, and uh, it's going to be a much longer recovery and a much worse economic situation for Europe. So you're going to be hearing a lot about the global recession or a global recession, mostly due to this. The impact in the United States is still going to be felt by a lot of people, but it won't be nearly as severe. Of all the good that's going to come out of this, and there will be lots of good, people will be looking at, well, everything Italy did, don't do in the future. Whatever South Korea did, do that in the future, because there will be another virus outbreak like this, and it will spread like this. And now we've learned how to react, what to do with the airlines, what to do with the cruise ships, what to do with social distancing. Boy, that's a great term. We're going to hear a lot more about this, but frankly, I recommend you look at everyone's reaction and watch what they do. Don't worry about the virus. It's going to peak here pretty soon. And yeah, this is a correction and this is a recession that there's no arithmetic that can support. And there's a 50-50 chance we won't actually have a recession in 2020.
It's just a question of how much of this is forgotten by October. Well, that's all I have now. As usual, I'm always glad to deal with some questions, and that's at info at shwj.com. Thanks for joining me.